Well, the haters gonna hate, 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 and the fakers gonna fake, 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 baby. I'm just gonna make, 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 making luck, making luck. A Dominion podcast. So, uh, <laughs> welcome to. I don't. Know, what are we doing? Podcast. Yeah, welcome to a podcast <laughs> about a card game. Yeah, a podcast. Yes, about a card game. Yeah. Uh, last this, time, this is a podcast about a card game. It's uh, we call it, and that's something. Jake. <laughs> yeah, and we're here with Adam. Oh, hey, I'm and... um, I'm alive still. It was close. Yeah, Adam did nearly <laughs> die. He had to play so many boards with tournament. Oh god, that, that was terrible. <laughs> uh, he just all his heart almost gave out. Yeah, I was also, like, hey, he Jake, sick. do you want to? <laughs> You want to play some Dominion? And he was like, yeah, we should probably do games with the podcast. I'm like, ugh, fine. And then I'm like, playing these games with Jake, and I am miserable, and I'm complaining the whole time. It's on the video. Oh god, here comes the dog. Yeah, it's true. He really was complaining the whole time. And then and then no, he that's, said... that's not true. You were a good sport about it. I will say, you were... you Okay, for maybe like two or three minutes, you, I was a good sport. You took it like a champ. I know you were not happy about playing these <laughs> games... And you didn't really feel confident because you don't play with tournament, and there's a reason you don't play with tournaments because you don't like it. But you took it like a champ. You played it out. You you did what you thought was good. Yeah, but then but then he said, you know, I could have just played this with Wandering Winter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why did you tell me this now? Why why did you persuade me to play these games with you and then tell me that I didn't have to do it? Because I I forgot that I had uh, done that. He forgot. He just yeah. wanted to see me suffer. Well, don't we all want to see other people That's, suffer? Uh, I, well, in particular me, right? In, to, in particular, Adam. Because first of all, my pain and suffering is funny. Right. Just in general. It's true. But also, it's deeply satisfying to many people, I'm sure. Yeah, no. Including I mean, you, and that's fine. You can yeah. Say. No, I mean, uh, we've definitely um, explored Schadenfreude before, mostly on the YouTube channel, but uh, <laughs> a few times on the on podcast, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, two things. Thing number one, uh, this is a new outfit you're wearing, right? Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, you I, got I, it yesterday, right? Yeah, how do you know that? Well, you told me you went clothes shopping instead of grocery shopping, so I was going to ask you what you had for lunch today. Oh, thank you. Was it just peanut butter again? No, uh, it was uh, instant mac and cheese. I had some that I kept at work. Ooh, a backup lunch for work. I have backup yeah. lunches at work, too. Yeah, I didn't even Minor steal this instant from ramen. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So I, I think it was a quite quite a sight to see like you in this uh, brilliantly crisp suit, yes, uh, eating instant mac and cheese. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the idea. That's great. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, uh, you Jake said I that I don't pre- like. Tur- oh, go ahead. I was pretty overdue for a new clothes. Go ahead. Yeah. You're pretty overdue for groceries as well. Yeah, I really should go get some food. I haven't eaten anything today other than those macaroni and cheese. Dude, I've got some food up there. You can no, have some. It's alright. Vivance is a miracle drug. <laughs> but go ahead. So, uh, you said that I don't like tournament, and that is a fact. Yeah. That's a true fact. And uh, that is indeed correlated to the fact that I was not on that episode. Now, granted, I was sick, but, you know, tournament's been on the list of episodes for a while. And uh, it was well known that I didn't want to be on that episode. And yeah. it's not because I'm a little <laughs> right? <laughs> That's completely unrelated. Yeah, to this. that's that's. I mean, <laughs> the reason why is because I choose not to play with the card because it's not fun for me. And sure. you can watch a video where I not where I don't have fun because I'm playing with tournament. 
And, like, the goal of the game for me has always been to have fun. Now, having fun involves getting good and winning. That's something I find fun, and so I do that. But that's always the goal is to have fun. And so I choose not to play with tournament because I have more fun that way. And as a result, um, I'm bad with the card. I don't have, any, like, any experience with it. I'm, I'm bad with the card. And that's valid. I mean, so uh, I assume the, this is sort of in response to the little diatribe I went on at the beginning of the tournament episode, right? Where I said you should play with cards you don't like. Um, and I, your position on that is valid, too. You, you don't like the cards, so you don't play with it. And it helps you keep enjoying the game. Um, one thing that I uh, want to stress, though, is that I think that the more people play with the cards that they don't like, the more likely they are to discover something maybe they didn't understand about the card or or had uh, sort of misinterpreted about it. And, you know, it's not true all the time. Like, sometimes you play with a card you don't like and you just remember why you don't like it. But Yeah, and you had said something, uh, I don't actually, you, you maybe alluded to it on the episode, yeah. but... Um, there's there's something I like to say about foods. Uh, you should try it. Like, if you don't like a food, yeah. you should try it every three years because your tastes change. There's research to prove this, and yeah. um, I have Brussels sprouts now, and I'm very glad that I do this consistently because uh, I love Brussels sprouts now, and I, I hated them before. And what is your brain but a giant tongue, if you think about it? It's Yeah, it's basically the same thing. Yeah, there's, you go on WebMD. It's yeah. right next to the ear candles. You can Google. The brain is basically a tongue. <laughs> But, but anyway, um, what what I did want, I'm just trying to find some positivity in playing this kingdom from last time. Because now I know that I don't have to play any more of those boards for three years. Yeah. It feels great. He's, he still didn't like tournament, and that's yeah. fine. But you, you did play it out. I mean, this board was interesting as far as tournament boards go, I think. I disagree. Well, I think, okay, so <laughs> we can get into that, but uh, just FYI, uh, this board... The last episode, again, was on tournament. This episode, we are going to cover Lost Arts and Misery. So, uh... Miser. Th- what? Miser. Let me see that. You said, you said Misery. Oh, That Mi- does say- Misery Whatever. Is- I'll wing it. <laughs> misery. Uh, we're covering Lost Arts and Miser. And, misery is uh, from Nocturne. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so anyway, I, I just wanted to put this out there that, like... I, I knew I wouldn't be able to talk competently about tournament. I knew I yeah. wouldn't be able to play competently with tournament, and that definitely manifested itself. And and for that reason, I didn't want to go just like pulling something out of my butthole and putting it out there on the podcast. I, I care too much about the content. I, I want to. I want what we put out to be good yeah. content that you can you can rely on. There's a reason I won't be on the minion episode, and <laughs> uh, there's a reason there just hasn't been a donate episode. Yeah. Uh, it's because uh, we definitely, n- none of us want to be doing episodes on things we don't feel confident talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's a reason we let uh, Wonder and Winder do all the money density episodes, because <laughs> there is uh, no way in hell I could even come close to that. But yeah. Yeah. So uh, the, the point is that uh, the, the, the content that we do put out, uh, you know, I, I think I feel confident in it. Now... Everything we talk about on this podcast, or really anything that anyone says about Dominion at all, is just a bunch of hand-waving. And, yeah. like, you really should be skeptical and uh, come to your own conclusions that are more consistent with your own mental model. Um, but, you know, still listen to the podcast and, you know, engage in conversation. And as an extension of that conversation, 
Uh, I, I wanted to at least make an announcement now that we're a good, you know, eight to ten minutes into the episode. Um, we want to solicit some uh, questions from you, the listener. Yeah. Uh, we want to do a Q&A episode. And so um, if you ask us questions, we can answer them on the episode. And, you know, this this may be a slightly different format mechanically from you suggest an episode topic and we do it, which is something that does happen yeah. a lot. Right. But for this time, uh, you know, we want to answer several questions. And so these questions can be anything. I guess I would prefer if they're Dominion related. Right. right. But that's, uh, maybe not. You can ask Jake about his uh, outfit here. Where did yeah. he get it? Uh, how much did he pay for it? Did he have it tailored to him? No. No? Well, it looks like it looks yeah. like you did. Those pants are really flattering. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, yeah the Apartment 9 Slim Fit is uh, just... Yeah. It adheres right to your body. Yeah. Which is which doesn't sound appealing, but it is. My my wife loves that about me. And maybe you. I'll ask her. You, do you want to bring her down here? Wait, it loves what? Adhering to your body? Yeah. I'm really confused about what we're talking about at this point, but So anyway, if you have any questions, um, let us know. You can go to adamhorton.com and there's a uh, contact tab. Or you can go to the Discord server or you can leave a comment in the comment section get a hold of us any way that you can think of and uh, give us some questions and if we get enough questions for an episode uh we'll do a q a episode yeah. i'm thinking that like episode 55 was one of the uh, more well-received episodes and, and i'm yeah, sort of hoping to do something like that only with a little bit more interaction with you the listener so that's that's the idea here and if you want to hear more content like that uh, give us some questions they can even be open-ended they don't have to be answerable in 55 yeah. seconds or anything like that uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, it just popped into my head. I did do that survey uh, on, you know, people, uh, what they think, mistakes that they see. And oh, yeah? So uh, maybe we could incorporate that as well. But, sure, man. Yeah. Uh, did they ask questions? No, they answered questions. I was thinking maybe we could... Oh, you asked the questions. Yes, and, we and, could and I got questions. a bunch of answers of them. Maybe we could go through these different people's answers and talk about sort of aggregate them into when you think about it really like every episode of making luck is a question and answer episode but we pose the questions and then answer the questions yeah yeah and then we question our lives on the way home yeah yeah (laughs) so (laughs) so do you want to talk about this kingdom with tournament in it yeah um we should probably read the cards in it i don't want to read them okay i'll do that Uh, This kingdom had Marauder, Tournament, Worker's Village, Charm, Forum, Governor, Jester, Journeyman, Relique, Tragic Hero, and it had the event Annex. Uh, Once more for our audio-only listeners, we had Marauder, Tournament, Wild Village, Charm, Forum, Governor, Jester, Journeyman, Relic, Tragic Hero, and we had the event Annex. Uh, So this board, uh, we talked about it a little. And when I say we, I mean uh, Wandering Winter and I, after we did this episode, we talked about it. And I think uh, we came to uh, the conclusion that you probably actually skip Governor. And that panned out. And I mention it because it's notable, because it's not really common that... You flat out skip governor. There was, 
a little bit of uh, sort of confusion as to whether or not you go for Marauder. Uh, do you go for this Junking? Because the Marauder is not a great card for your deck. Uh, but I think that we, we decided that you probably do go for it, and that mostly panned out as well. Uh, and then the tournaments, of course, uh, were another question. So this is a sloggy game. Uh, you're not going to uh, be able to consistently get those tournament prizes without doing some backflips for it. So Yeah, he was like doing... He's getting Annex yeah. to line up his things, which seems like hot garbage to me. But he also won, like, all the games. So, I will say that uh, the Annex is something tactical that you just, like, keep your eyes open. But, so, the other thing about the tournament is, like, it's verse... So, let's let's take the prizes out of the equation for a second and look at the tournament as just a peddler. Let's assume it never gets blocked. Um, and we're looking at it as a peddler. Uh, it's really not that much better than silver, and it's quite often worse because this has all the marks of a game where the silver would be better than the peddler your deck is bad in this game for the most part so uh the the average card you draw is quite likely a copper and it could be worse because you're getting junked with marauder you're maybe getting junked by jester so if tournament was never blocked i could see it being better than silver because uh it helps you play your marauder and your relics more often that's true and i was thinking like oh i want to get a lot of forums because it's going to help me play my Marauders and Relics more often. And I did that, and then I lost a lot of games. But I agree with your reasoning there. I, I also got a lot of forums early on, and it was mostly for that reason. I started out with a Jester most of the time, but I'm not sold on that. Like, I think that it's good enough. It junks your opponent a little bit, and it maybe gains you some good cards. Um, I think it's enough that, like, if it's not best, it's close enough that you don't lose because you did it. But it could, it could just, I mean, the forums were a really good card, and they let you uh, line up some good stuff where you're playing your, your, your Relic is a really good card here, because um, that attack is pretty brutal, and it helps you find your Marauder early. It also helps you, uh, once you have the tournament and you have the province in your deck, it helps you actually get tournament prizes. Now, how good is that? So those tournament prizes we addressed uh, in the tournament episode are not the be-all, end-all of tournament, uh, but they are a value swing. They're good cards to have. And so I think that it was worth playing around a little bit, at least. So uh, as Adam alluded to earlier, I got some annexes at a certain point just so that I could shuffle in tournaments and provinces. And don't get me wrong, that shuffle isn't like bound to happen it's just something that's probably going to happen at some point over the course of the game you keep your eyes open for it and you usually... keep your eye eyes open exactly just like t-swift would want Duh, just like that and yeah. uh, so you keep your eyes open everybody's for it everybody's waiting everybody's... everybody's watching they are yeah and so you keep your eyes open for that and you understand that uh there's going to be a chance at some point during the game where you just track your shuffle and you see like okay it's about time for an annex either because the annex guarantees me a province or not guarantees it like makes it more likely i get a province or makes it pretty likely i get a tournament prize or because you're winning by so much it doesn't matter what you do so you just want a bm or or because uh, you were going to get a duchy anyway, and that was actually some of the time when I got the annex. It was because, like, meh, I have, like, seven 
and uh, I'll take a debt for this, but I'm also making my shuffle better, so whatever. I'm having an extra dollar next turn I probably wouldn't have had, because I'm drawing a gold instead of a copper. I hit a lot of seven. Yeah. Time, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the tournament prizes, um, I think that if you get enough forums in the deck, uh, you will get them, eventually. Because uh, you'll have a province, and you'll have some tournaments. So, uh, which ones do I take? I pretty much always took the trusty steed first, uh, because... It, if I did have the terminals in my deck uh, and I was Thinnish, uh, you know, playing it as Lost City was fine. Uh, but mostly it was plus two cards and plus two coins or plus two coins and plus four silvers. And that was really good in this kind of a deck. Because, like, just gaining four silvers uh, it was really good for smoothing over your money density and, and consistently provincing from there. After that, I usually took followers. Uh, not for the junking, for the discard attack. Uh, because militia attack is just really brutal here. And uh, other than that, it was kind of a money-ish tournament board. After you do the thing where you finagle a little bit to contest prizes, it was basically a money-ish tournament board. Yeah. Yeah. Are we done talking about this yet? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, Adam didn't like it, so it's the only other thing. I mean, I can tell you what I did, but it was probably bad. Well, I mean... And the, I lost a lot of games. Why do you think that is, though? Because I mean, I'm bad with tournament. Well, but it's a, I don't think tournament was the most important thing here. I think it was good, and you go for it. But I saw the card, and I just went into a blind rage, and I just started clicking random cards. I do that, too, with minions, so I understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Sweet. Well, I hope you had fun, Jake. And I hope the listeners have fun if they play that board. Yeah. I Uh, really do. Are you advocating they do that? (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Alright. So, uh, uh, let's talk about something I I think you'll be a little more excited about. Ooh, Dominion? Dominion. Yes. Uh, Yeah, which is different from Tournament. That's my favorite game. So, uh, specifically, this is one of your favorite cards, right, that we're going to talk about? Uh, card-shaped objects? Sure. Yeah. 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 Which, why don't you tell us about it, Adam? Okay. So, uh, we're gonna talk about Lost Arts. It's a six-cost event from the Adventures expansion, and I'm gonna read it. It says, move your plus-one action token to an action supply pile. When you play a card from that pile, you first get plus-one action. So it basically, if it was a terminal action, it makes that action non-terminal. And if it's it, so hot. And if it was already a non-terminal action, it makes it into a village. Yeah. A lot of time, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we both agree this is pretty good, right? Yeah, it's really good. Uh, so the, the token goes on a pile. So, like, you can put it on a split pile, and that's okay. That'll work. Uh, the only weird one is castles. It doesn't work with castles because that's not an action supply pile. I know there are actions in it. Uh, well, it can work with castles. Funny, you should. This will never what? come up. Yeah, you could uh, if uh, small castle or uh, opulent Obila? castle. It do- still doesn't work. You can put the thing on there. You can't. It's still not an action supply pile. So, like, even if fortune is on top of the gladiator fortune pile, you can still put the token on there. Because it's still an action supply pile. And then, like, you still get the action when you play the treasure, which matters in case there's Villa or maybe Diadem. Or Capitalism. 
and you just want to count up how many actions you're getting. (laughs) (laughs) Or, yeah. Yeah. Or capitalism. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's the only reason you would ever want to count that. Okay, so let's talk about the things that you actually do with this card. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think that y- you've you've called this a, a 10 out of 10. Yeah, man, 10 out of 10. So, I stand behind it, too. Yeah, and this is, one of, this is one of your hot takes, right? Uh, when it what comes, are you talking? What's that supposed to mean? I'm saying a lot of people disagree with you on this. Yeah, because this is one of your 10 out of 10s that, like, a lot of people will come out and say, well, no, this is, like, an 8 or 7 out of 10. People are allowed to rate cards using different criteria because there's no standard accepted, you know, sure. not even an internally consistent criteria or a rating scale for rating cards. So when I say 10 out of 10, then my mental model of the game, I'm thinking of Lost Arts among the, the types of cards that will completely warp strategies just by their presence where i i look at it i see a board there's a 10 out of 10 there and i'm like all right this is going to be really important this is going to change the way the game is played the strategic landscape of the game that's 10 out of 10 so like i'll give lost stars a 10 out of 10 because of that and uh, i'll give capitalism a 10 out of 10 because of that it's the same reasoning even though maybe some people think oh well it's not that way in a high enough percentage of games so i don't give it a 10 out of 10 that's fine you're not wrong. I'm also not wrong. It's okay. It's okay for us to be different. Yeah. In fact, it's it's better because we're different. Because uh, the world uh, will be a better place if uh, we can all hold hands and sing in harmony. A postmodernist podcast. But yeah, so I, I will agree with you, actually. Uh, and, and I'll also, like, that Lost Arts is a 10 out of 10... I've also heard you say that Lost Arts is, in addition to all that, underrated, that people don't like necessarily appreciate how powerful Lost Arts is, and I'll agree with that too, even though you haven't said it yet. Um, so... Wow, this is great. Like, yeah, I, I didn't even have to say anything, and Jake agreed with me. Yeah, this podcast is getting easier. Yeah, well, I was also <laughs> thinking, like, uh, if you didn't agree with that, I was just going to shove it in your mouth and then agree with it, too. <laughs> but yeah, so Lost Arts is, I think, uh, easy to be kind of a sleeper. Um, like, it's, it's a really, really powerful effect that uh, definitely has some serious impact on most of the games where I see it. And in fact... That plus action token, when I'm playing with teacher and I get to uh, put out a token of my choice, I you'd think it's the plus card token because you know that one is uh, cards are considered the best benefit, right? But you, a lot of the time, like more than half the time, I'm putting out my plus action token first. So I need to take my shirt off real quick. We're getting into some. Uh... Well, I'm just saying, you know, cost eight, blah blah blah. But well, yeah, like pathfinding costs eight, and a lot of people will tell you that the card token is the first one you put out, and obviously that depends on stuff. It does, but like you know, in maybe in a vacuum, in the abstract, cards are stronger. But but this isn't a vacuum. Dominion, yeah, Dominion isn't a vacuum, and in particular, when you're putting a token on a card, you're adding. An ability to that card. It's part yeah. of that little, like, build-your-own-card sub-theme that Adventures had with all the tokens and stuff. And how much does that... Uh, and how much does that card change it? Well, you look at the plus card token, it's taking something uh, that was hand-size neutral and making it hand-size positive or whatever. And, or you look at uh, that doing that same thing with actions. And I think that a lot of the time, just because of 
the cards that exist in the game, the making something non-terminal or into a village is uh, kind of a night and day effect and really speeds you up a lot. So, um, yeah, I think, I mean, I want to dive into this because, yeah. like, understanding why this is is actually really enlightening for how to, like, play with Lost Arts and really how to live your life in general. I was going to say play a... Dominion, but also live your life in general. Same yeah. thing. Well, I, th- I think it teaches you a little, a good deal about building decks in Dominion, understanding why having a Lost Arts token out is different than just having a bunch of villages in your deck. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, making a card from being terminal into being non-terminal is a huge effect. Yeah. So, like, I, I know... A, when I first looked at Lost Arts, and a lot of people, when they do, they, they, they look at it and they're like, well, uh, how do I get the most value out of Lost Arts? What is the best thing for me to put my token on? And in theory, the, the answer to that question is, well, whichever card I have the most copies of in my deck, because then I get the most actions, and I have maximized the value. We did it, guys. Well, yeah, and that only really holds up, even in theory, when you're talking about a resource that you can get scaling value out of, get boundless value out of. Your actions only exist as a resource to play actions that don't say plus action on them. So having just maximizing the number you get doesn't actually do anything in a vacuum or by itself. Uh, sure. Also, um, remember, Dominion wasn't a vacuum. Right. So That's the I other mean, thing. That was a fundamental <laughs> flaw in that logic to begin with. So, so like, why, why does this not hold up in practice? I think the first really big reason is, is the fact that um, when you're actually getting those actions on your turn, uh, getting actions earlier on in your turn is good. Like, at the start yeah. of your turn is the best time to get actions, it's and then a- at the end of your turn, why do I need actions? It's the end of my turn. I'm not going to play any actions because my turn's over, right? It's a deck control function, so the earlier in your turn you get it, ideally at the start of the turn, uh, the better it is for you, usually. Yeah, so like, uh, let's just, I mean, we can even make an example out of this. We can we can draw the, the comparison, like, okay, I want this action for deck control. Uh, there's like a, a kingdom of Lost Arts and Market Square and Smithy. And so yeah. I have the choice between the two of these. I want to put either the Lost Arts token on my Smithies or my Market Squares. And let's say I'm going to try and build a deck that draws a bunch of cards and, you know, plays some Market Squares and buys stuff. Great, yeah. let's do that. So um, let's say I have more market squares than smithies. I, I think that in this case, you're still better off putting Lost Arts on smithy. And it's because you're getting the actions when you need them, namely earlier in your turn in a lot of the cases. But like if I was going to put it on market square, effectively making it a village, like it turns mm-hmm. into worker's village. Yeah. So if I want to do that, then in order to increase my hand size, in order to fulfill the requirements of draw, increasing my hand size without decreasing my actions, I still have to collide my market square slash workers village with my smithy. And only when I do that have I increased my hand size. Yes, whereas having the token on the smithy uh, will do it for sure. Um, All I have to do is find a smithy. I didn't have to find my market square workers village. I... I think that we can uh, we we should also sort of preserve this example of this fictional kingdom that has uh, lost arts and smithy and market square because what Adam is saying is sound logic in that three card example, but there is also a valid uh, 
a valid argument for putting the token on Market Square instead, but in a different situation. So I want to go over the two things that uh, Lost Arts will often do for you and sort of qualitatively how they affect your build. Now, first off, it, ha it can make a terminal into a non-terminal. That's the... Uh, that's a village effect that's that looks sort of like you get to ignore villages this game because you uh, have turned the terminal action you want to play non-terminal, so you just get to bypass the fact that you needed villages. So let me let me be clear about that. Lost Arts is a village. Sure, it it is a village. Yes. So like you you didn't not need villages. I mean you got Lost Arts. Yeah. That's a village. Right. So, like, that's, that was your village. For the purpose, yeah. And it's now, a village. It is a village, and for, but for the purpose of just explaining uh, this dynamic, I'm going to, like, call it not a village. Just no, not I'm some say... of those other stupid villages. You actually have to draw and play and hope you collide with the card that's terminal. Right. So right? It's just packed in. You just, like, shoved it right in there. I'm... Like some Play-Doh. Like some Play-Doh Into a fists. mold that, into something that's like shaped like food. And now the so, Play-Doh is non-terminal. So you <laughs> shaped like food. And I'm, I'm calling <laughs> the idea that you turn a, non, a terminal into a non-terminal, I'm calling that the ignore the village effect of, of Lost Arts. And then there's the other thing that you can do with it, which is uh, the make your own village effect, which is where you put it on a non-terminal action, uh, and it turns that non-terminal action into a village where you didn't have one before. Into something that gives you plus two actions yes. instead of plus one. The quote-unquote traditional village effect, which is just what I'm saying. Uh, it's not just it's not just letting you play that one terminal action. It's adding actions to your pool that you can then use to play whatever cards you want. So we should talk about uh, which thing is usually stronger with Lost Starts and when, and uh, what those things tend to do and why. So uh, putting Lost Starts on your terminal card, I think, is much, much stronger. Usually, I'm going to say that's the case. Like, I mean, there are exceptions, yeah. sure, but I think m almost all of the time, you want to put it on the terminal card instead of jumping through the hoops of putting it on a non-terminal and you've kind of alluded to some of why that is, uh, but there is also just kind of a fundamental difference uh, a lot of the time between having your uh, having this terminal action be non-terminal versus uh, just having the villages and the consistency of it. Uh, just having to find that one terminal instead of terminal plus village—that's that's a big part of it. Right, but there's it, something else. It allows me to uh, shove a bunch of smithies in my deck because now they're non-terminal smithies i can just yeah. shove a bunch of those in my deck and now i have more smithies and so i get to build my deck in a much more simple way but also this way is is it, much more efficient and it's and it results in a deck it's that, greedier and it's greedier in a productive well, way i mean it, it would be it would be greedier if yeah. i didn't have lost arts but uh, now it, you know i get all the benefits of that greed Without any of the downsides, because now it doesn't matter if there was trashing in my Market Square Smithy game, or it doesn't matter how hard it is for me to line up my Market Square and my Smithy. I don't care. I just want to find my Smithy and play my Smithy, and then I play my Smithy. Yeah, and I think that's coming back to the consistency aspect of yes, it. Yes, consistency. But there's something else to it, I there's think. There's something else to it, which Jake is, thinks, and I think as well. That these terminal actions 
uh, are usually, I mean, we're, we're using a deck control example with Smithy, but you can put the Lost Arts on a payload terminal as well. You put Lost Arts on some kind of terminal card that gives you deck control. So like the Miser or, or the Smithy. Yeah. So like, so, but, but I'm, I want to talk about, you put it on the, the deck <laughs> control card. And like all of a sudden, it becomes very easy to draw your deck. And I, I I gave a dramatization of this earlier when I was playing the Smithies. Like you just throw the Smithies on the table, and now your deck is in your hand, and that's really easy, and that's really great because drawing your deck is fantastic. And if I can do it just by chucking Smithies on the table, I'm gonna do that because that's great. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's I think that's the first family of synergies with Lost Stars, right? Is terminal draw. Or, um, I mean, I, I think it's terminal draw. Terminal, other forms of deck control. I mean, I'm just really looking at draw. Draw, so, draw is definitely the probably the spiciest synergy the, with the, the Lost Arts. king of the yeah. castle, you know. Like, the king of the court. Uh, the court I mean, of the... King's castle is a card, too. Why you gotta hate, man? Yeah, that's true. I, I would put Lost Arts... Well, you can't put Lost Arts on King's castle, because it doesn't work on the castle pile. That's true. Now yeah. we, we learned that today. <laughs> an edge case podcast but anyway um uh, i think torture is probably at the top of the list there right yeah uh, it's so, terminal draw and it's got a payload element that stacks it's super hot yeah but but then like there's the other family of synergies which is terminal payload cards right so like there's there's a different consideration that you make there because it, it starts to look a little bit more like the i just want to put as many actions I want to get as many actions out of my Lost Hearts as I can, so I put on the most plentiful thing in my deck. So if it's on a payload card, then I usually am not getting the action until the end of my turn. Mm-hmm. And that, that usually doesn't matter unless, I, unless I'm playing some weird draw-to-X deck, in which, I mean, you have fun with that. But, like, I'm going to put... I want to play a lot of goons on my turn, so I'm going to put Lost Hearts on goons and shove goons in my deck. And that's great. Uh, that, that's a, another great way to do it, but, I mean... I would if I if I had some other card if I had more copies of another card in my deck I'd probably just put Lost Arts on that and use the actions to play the goons. Yeah. Now all of this has been really talking about the first thing, which is the uh, using the Lost Arts to quote unquote ignore the village or bypass the village. Um, but and that's usually where Lost Arts is going to be uh, strongest and mm. what the the best thing to do with it, but not always. So sometimes, instead, you use Lost Arts to create a more traditional village, quote-unquote, in that a village that adds actions to your pool. And uh, usually that's not quite as strong just by itself because of the things that we've gone into earlier. Yeah, you have to give all of that up. Yes. You have to give up the consistency, the way you can build your deck more aggressively. What do you get in return, though? Uh, you get the flexibility to use those actions on uh, these different payload, these these different cards, and so usually uh, you will look at doing this when you are wanting to uh, play several different terminals in the kingdom and a lot of them. So. Uh, let's come back to that uh, Market Square Smithy example. Um, so let's say that that Market Square Smithy game also has goons. Uh, so now I'm looking at wanting to play the Smithies to draw a bunch of goons and then play a bunch of goons. But there's no village in the kingdom unless I make one out of Market Square. And so um, I can 
play as many non-terminal smithies as I want, none of that is ever going to help me play more than one goons in a turn. And uh, sometimes, the, you know, the game can be won and lost on things like that. So it's worth, uh, you know, sacrificing the consistency, sacrificing the build speed to have this better result, which is that you needed to play multiple of uh, terminals that are in the kingdom. Like, I need to play the smithy and the goons in that case. So... I mean, right now, are we in a four-card kingdom of Market yeah. Square, Smithy, Goons, Lost Arts? Sure. I mean, and you can make an argument for just putting the Lost Arts on the Goons, too. But I'm That's saying... what I was going to say. Because, yeah. like, there's no trashing here. So, I mean, lost putting Lost Arts on Goons, like, that's just great. Well, but then... now I can just shove Goons in my deck, and but it doesn't matter if they collide. I'm but, fine. But then you don't have the draw from the Smithies, and so, obviously, then if you just spam Goons, like, maybe you don't need the draw from the Smithies to have multi-Goons turns. But the idea here is just that sometimes... Uh, making a terminal card non-terminal takes a backseat to creating this plus action to your pool when you're needing to play uh, multiple different terminals that are in the kingdom. So my example was like Militia plus Masquerade. Yes. Right? You're not going to get that effect of like screwing them over out of most of the cards, leaving them with only two good cards. You're not going to get that unless you can play a Militia and then a Masquerade. And with Lost Arts, that's not enough support by itself unless yeah. you put Lost Arts on Militia, and we're not going to do that. That seems silly. Well, the other big thing that, that you know, gets at that is the, uh, you know, crux of why, of why you sometimes just create a regular village out of Lost Arts is that it lets you play the terminals in the order that you want. Uh, so like sometimes, sure. sometimes that matters, like with the Militia Masquerade example, like you'd want to be putting Lost Arts on the Masquerade because it draws cards, but then you're not getting to uh, Militia them and then Masquerade them. Right, so let me let me just summarize here. So we have the option of putting Lost Arts on a terminal, which has all the benefits we talked about. You get a consistent deck, you get a more uh, easy-to-build deck, yeah. Because you can you can build it in a more efficient way, uh, and you're gonna you're gonna give that up for um, the ability to play your terminal actions that are differently named mm -hmm. in the same turn, or play without the support of another village, or play them in a different order. And like usually, I'm gonna say that that first situation edges out the second one, but you know you read the kingdom and you decide what's better. Right, so I'm not going to say it never happens, but I'm just saying you're giving up a lot in order to get a benefit that a lot of the time doesn't matter. When yeah. it does matter, you know, you know, look at it and, and figure, figure out yeah. if that's important to you. Really, that boils down to there are absolutely no other villages, and there's this effect that I absolutely need. Sure, if there's another traditional village in the kingdom... Uh, that I can just buy. Just some other village, yeah. Yeah, I, I'll probably just go for that and then put the Lost Arts on the draw card or the whatever because of all those... Because, like, I, ideally I have my cake and eat it too. I get to do all of that stuff. I love cake. Yes. And pie. Yeah. So I, I just want to... I want to harp on this one more time and then I'm actually, like, done talking about Lost Arts. But I want to harp on this one more time. Traditional village, meaning it gives me two actions in my action pool... Yeah. That is not the only way to get a village. Lost Arts is a 10 out of 10. It's a super powerful thing, and it's not necessarily going to get you that by itself. It requires the support of some other thing, and you had to do it this way, which we decided wasn't that great all the time. Anyway, villages, though, like that's that's not just limited to things that give you two actions in your action pool. Yeah. Uh, 
and I, I just if you're listening to this podcast and you think that it has to give you two actions if it is a village, um, I mean, I just I can't I can't tell you how many games I lost of Dominion where that was my idea of what a village was, and then um, I readjusted my definition of village, and things started making a lot more sense. Throne room. It doesn't give you plus two actions in your action pool by itself, but it is a village. Lost Arts doesn't do that by itself. It is a village. So please open your open your eyes to the beautiful world of village that is out there. Yes. And, and Lost Arts is a great example of a card that is best used when it doesn't give you plus two actions in your action pool. Yeah, usually. I'll go with that. There are times when it's not true, but most of the time They are true. the exception. Yes. And I'm comfortable on this podcast saying... Just, like, don't do it unless there's a lot going for you. Yeah, sure. I'm with you. Yeah, man. So, uh, we uh, talked about Lost Arts, and uh, this now we talk about the thing that is not Misery. Yeah. It's, it's Miser. Yeah. Uh, that's the card. Yeah, it's a card. Uh, so, we should probably read what that does, yeah? Yeah, man. You want to do it or me? Uh, I'll do this one. Yes. So, Miser is from the Adventures expansion, and... It is a terminal action that costs four. When you play it, choose one. Put a copper from your hand onto your tavern mat. It stays there forever. Or you get one dollar per copper on your tavern mat, which you've placed with previous misers. There's nothing else in the game that puts copper on your tavern mat, right? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, so uh, right now uh, it's just that you've played misers to put coppers out of your deck onto your mat, or... You cash in, and you uh, get one coin for the in the turn for each copper that you've done that with. Yeah, coppers stay there forever, forever and ever, yep. and ever. So it's like pirate ship, only it attacks you <laughs> instead of your opponent. Woo! So that's a joke, obviously, but it's not that far off. Okay, this I mean is, it's the same effect, really. This is not that strong of a most of the time. But it's still better than pirate ship in two-player games. Yeah, right. <laughs> so like, coppers is so good. So uh, d- but that's more of a commentary on pirate ship, and we'll get to that in our mythical future pirate ship episode. The mythical pirate ship episode. We might do a pirate ship capitalism episode someday. But Maybe, man. Yeah. It could happen. So, uh, the miser, uh, it does these two things. It thins your deck, it thins it of coppers, and it gives you payload. And uh, it is pretty bad at both of those, and we'll go into why. But uh, the fact that it does both um, sometimes makes it competitive anyway, because uh, being able to thin your deck optionally and being able to give you payload, uh, that's just you know enough of an incentive that you know that, that those two effects together in one card are powerful enough that uh, sometimes even if it's as bad as Miser, uh, you still go for it. So. Um... When I lay my weary head down to sleep at night, uh, and I have, you know, maybe a good, like, five to six minutes of quiet before the boy wakes up and starts screaming and yeah. can't go back to sleep for or three hours. Yeah. Uh, or Jake, yeah. Um, but during those five to six minutes, you know, I like to dream, Jake. Yeah. And and I've been dreaming a lot about Miser recently. Really? And, and I can tell you all about my Miser dreams. Yeah, why don't you tell me what your last one was? The I mean, all of them are this way, Jake. Uh, the, the dream is that I can play one card, and that card is Miser. And 
and that card gives me $8, and I can buy a province with it. Just, just one card. I play it, and now I can buy a province. And that one card got all these stupid coppers out of my deck, too. And that feels amazing. So that is the ideal of it. Hashtag the dream. Why doesn't that ever happen? Um, well, I mean, so, it's happened. I've done it before. Yeah, it can happen. So I've done it. Okay. I'm the, serious. Let's talk about Miser as a thinner. Right, and this is probably where it's weakest. <laughs> yeah. No. I think the thinning is the, well, the strongest thing the card does. Okay, sure, but if you're getting it for the thinning, I yeah. think that uh, you are pretty like desperate for thinning. I, I think yeah. that this is a card That's that true. you pretty much sucks at thinning. Almost never get as a thinner, and why is that? Well, it's terminal, um, and it only thins one card per turn. That card comes out of your hand, so it's reducing your hand size by two, and uh, it can only thin coppers. It can't touch a state, its curse is ruined. So normally, when we talk about bad thinners, we only have to deal with one or two of those. So Miser is very generous. It gives you all the limitations <laughs> that are like possible in Dominion of a thinner. Uh, so but yeah. hey, hey it, uh, it keeps those coppers in your deck. Yeah, which is really good for uh, Gardens. Gardens and keep. Keep. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, wow. uh, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's pretty bad as a thinner. It's probably, like, the worst thinner. Well, I mean, it's it's not good at thinning. Yeah. Right? So, so if we're going to judge it on, like, how good is it at thinning your deck, then, like, I mean, I think it's only better than Transmute, and that's not saying much. Right. Like, <laughs> it implies really desperate to thin coppers for some reason. If you are really needing to use Miser to thin your coppers, maybe it's a goons game or it's a colony game or something, and it's the only way to do it, you know, even then sometimes you just say, maybe I can get away with not thinning. If my only thinning is Miser, maybe uh, it's stronger to just ignore it. But, you know, sometimes... Thinning is so good that sometimes you put up with it. Sometimes you're so desperate for it, yeah. Yeah. And Miser's there for you, man. (laughs) It'll put those coppers on that tavern mat all day long, brah. Uh, So then we think about using it for payload, and it has, you know, its other limitations, but it is better to use it for payload. It's more common. In fact, it's strictly more common to use it as payload, because if you're using it as payload, it means you've already used it as thinning. So I think you mean strictly less common, right? So, like, in order to get the payload, you have to go through the trouble of having it be bad at thinning for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> and it's really, really slow uh, to to get there. Yeah, that's the big problem, right? Because, like, you have this big dream, and, like, the dream sounds amazing, but it takes so long to get there that, like, you need a lot of things to be going in a certain direction for this to be, like, worth it. Yeah, let's clarify that without a lo- without support, like just in a vacuum, the uh, miser. Ooh. I love I love talking yeah, about things in a vacuum. Uh, the the mi- the thing where you're using misers to thin your coppers and then eventually playing the misers to get money out of your coppers, um, that will lose to vanilla big money, and not many things lose. And I'm talking about big money with no kingdom interaction at all. You're just buying treasures and. Not many things in Dominion lose to vanilla big money. Oh, I can play a lot of stuff that loses to vanilla big money. <laughs> you can man. do it, but like, don't no, you tell me I can't. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying, but this is in the tier of those. Like, this is uh, the miser thing is uh, usually bad enough that you know by itself 
you need to have like some compelling reason by itself it doesn't overcome vanilla big money so let's talk about those compelling reasons yeah let's do that so uh the first one i think if there's any other way to trash coppers and i i went and looked at a lot of them uh if there's any way to get them out of your deck actually thin the coppers from your deck uh you're gonna want to do that instead yeah, I mean, it depends, like, because usually you're looking at what other benefit that copper uh, that copper thinner is giving you, and often yeah. often that benefit is either that it's thinning the coppers faster, or that it's giving you something that turn you play it, like money. Or... In other words, anything at all. Yeah. So, like... Maybe I, not trade route, but... Well, but trade route can trash estates, which is way, <laughs> way better than trashing coppers. So, like, That's even true. trade route has you, has miser beat here. I'm thinking, like, other things that trash coppers that I might take Miser over are the things that are very expensive. Like, I'm talking six or more dollars, because I can open with the Miser, and it might take me a minute to get up to, like, my forge or whatever. So maybe the Miser is going to serve me a little better there. Yeah, sure. But or, maybe I can use the Miser to help fight the forge. I don't know. Or maybe you uh, just build into more payload and ignore the Miser and get the forge. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so... Well, yeah, it depends on a lot. So other other copper trashing is something that Miser really doesn't like. And that's just because other things are better at trashing coppers. And that extra pace, uh, with thinning being important in the early game, uh, thinning more quickly or getting absolutely anything out of your copper trashing besides nothing squat yeah crapola like that's going to be much more important to you than the possibility of maybe playing a card that's gonna get you money so it's probably because uh it's rarer um it's probably more interesting to talk about the things that do make miser competitive like when is uh miser legitimate consideration as something that you're building into uh you know as payload it's fairly limited all it's giving you is money it's never going to do anything else for you but give you money. It's very thematic. Yeah. So, uh, what... Remember, if you ignore theme, you're, you're just going to lose. going to lose games. Yeah. So, to really justify going for Miser, you need to be making use both of the thinning and of the payload, in my opinion. Like, And that's the only time when Miser is really uh, consideration as the best deck that you could be building. Is you needed it for the copper thinning, and you need it for the payload. If you if you're using both of those functions, sometimes you can justify it. Uh, I I think you need the thinning. The payload, I mean, it's nice, but like sometimes you just need to thin. So like I'm thinking like highway seaway or something. Like okay. I'm just gonna get miser for the thinning. I mean, it's edge casey, but sure, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, and, like, to use it as a thinner in that case, like, instead of ignoring thinning, uh, I think that you need some way to play more than one a shuffle, um, ideally more than one a turn, and that thing needs to be faster and more efficient than just getting villages and then needing to line the miser up with your, with whatever village that you have, so... Um, things that let you do that are like Lost Arts. There's a reason we put this in the same episode. Uh, so like Miser with Lost Arts can sometimes be fast enough because you can just spam Misers at that point. Uh, Royal Carriage, right? Because you can 
get the miser and then get the royal carriage and then get more than one miser play in a shuffle without having to line the royal carriage up with the miser. Okay, I'm I'm confused. So like, you're you're talking about just trying to play a bunch more misers. Trying to talking about using the miser to thin the copper faster and then power up the miser faster. Okay, so I mean things like that can help. I find it's difficult to hit five or six. I mean, I mean if you're going to do yeah. this, you're probably going to open miser, and that makes it hard for you to hit five or six. Sure. It's like, while the royal carriage can be fine, like, yeah, sure, anything in the throne room family will get you there. And, like, yeah, royal carriage is great because you can line it up. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of... I'm trying to think of situations that not necessarily are speeding up the miser, but are just slowing down the rest of the game. Well, okay, or so... Or maybe something that, like, rewards you for taking the time to do this thinning. Well... Uh, just before we move on from speeding up the miser, I think the more realistic example is usually scheme, right? Because you know. So this is getting close to like the turbo miser that I described. Like if I can open with two misers, then you know I have the chance of playing a miser every turn starting turn three, and that's pretty good. That's certainly fast enough. And so yeah, if you can open miser scheme and draw both of them on turn three, then like yeah, man, you got there. You probably did it. So. I would consider doing that. I mean, the the Turbo Miser still isn't super the best thing ever, but it is. It's a halfway decent deck. Yeah. Uh, but all the you know all this is still pretty narrow, right? You're looking for a lot of support, and you're also hoping that that support doesn't enable something that's better. That's the big thing, right? Is that when we look at all the support that Miser needs, we're looking at some pretty powerful enablers. And uh, is Miser the best thing you can be enabling with them? Sometimes the answer is yes, and I think that when the answer is yes, it means that you needed both the thinning and the payload. Uh, but, you know, a lot of the time, there's just some better card. I mean, there are a lot of better cards than Miser out there. I'll uh, give you that. I, I just don't think... I don't think that, like, trying to, to play 10,000 Miser starting from turn one is necessarily the way I want to approach it. I think m more along the lines of, yeah, I'll probably open with a Miser... But now I'm going to do some other stuff while I'm thinning these coppers that's going to slow the game down. Yeah, like... So, like... Attacks. So, yeah, I mean, a brutal attack, like a ghost ship or an ambassador or something. Thin like, I would, I, would think, uh, I would think Miser's really good there. Now, with junking, you're going to have to be careful because if you can't trash the junks, I mean, you, you would really like a way to do that. But, sure, uh, junking can, can get you there. There's also the issue that a lot of time that conflicts with getting your miser in the first place. Sure. Like, do I open miser or sea hag? I'm probably going to open with the sea hag. Well, it depends on a lot, but... Uh, so there's that, or maybe something that rewards you for taking the time to build. So, like you said, colony games earlier, uh, so dominate by extension there. Yeah. Or, like, maybe maybe a king's court. So, like, if, if king's court is there, uh, I can draw a bunch of cards and then king a miser, and then, you know, I've done the, the fast thinning... I can even put the Miser in my deck later, and then I can King the Miser, right? I mean, King's Court's yeah. broken, and, and Miser sort of likes the way that that, that happens. Yeah. Uh, oh, so I talked about Turbo Miser, other Copper Trashing. I guess the other... You know, the last thing that I think helps Miser out here is just, like, other things you can do along with your Miser. So, obviously, like, $2 cards that you like to have a lot of so like yeah raise it's great because it trashes estates help you find your miser that's 
pretty decent, or like Lurker or something. Sure, anything that, a cheap card is one thing, but just some other way to get value out of a turn where you have little to no money to spend. Yeah, like, as long as I'm not giving up my entire life to try and shove coppers on my tavern mat as fast as possible, then maybe I'm accomplishing something. Yeah, Yeah, and, like, Alms opens up a whole bunch of more possibilities. Uh, You know, maybe to... We're kind of in weird a weird place when we're talking about maybe Arena, because, you know, Arena kind of rewards you for over-terminaling in the first place, so that time when you talk about getting greedy and shoving two misers in the deck early... Uh, you know, maybe you do that. Maybe you've got these other actions that your turn is going to suck anyway uh, while you're, uh, you know, shoving coppers on the mat. And Arena, woo! Some... Yeah, I mean, I'm reaching. Uh, <laughs> you got a woo out of me. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll warrant, I'll, I'll concede that I'm reaching here, but you kind of have to because Miser is pretty weak. So yeah, like you need all this kind of stuff, like the the lack of better copper trashing and something to slow things down and maybe like also something to do for cheaper along with your misers can be helpful yeah but like maybe maybe if you have a lot of that then yes misers great who doesn't love miser man yeah man i, I love miser communists That's only stupid. communists yeah and are terrorists and terrorists yeah communist terrorists okay. so <laughs> we should uh probably talk about a kingdom that we're going to be playing that has miser and it has lost arts in it right yeah we put them both in yeah we put them both in yeah we we rolled kingdoms until we found one that Miser didn't seem bad in. It took it, a long it time. <laughs> it was like seven or eight, maybe more. Well, the thing is, it wasn't just the fact that we had to make Miser viable. We had to make Miser viable without making something else just better. And that's hard. <laughs> that's like, you have to find that sweet spot. <laughs> where... Rip. Yeah, so... Uh... And, well, we found this kingdom. I'm not going to say it's a sweet spot because it looks pretty nasty, but, you know... Yeah, I we think found this kingdom. We did. You want me to read it? I think that that would help. All right. So we have courtyard, Hamlet, Scrying Pool, Harbinger, Oasis, Golem, Miser, Taxman, Rabble, Hunting Grounds, Lost Arts, and Wall. Wah, wah. <laughs> One more time for uh, our audio-only listener. <laughs> courtyard. Hammy, Scrying Pool, Harbinger, Oasis, Golem, Miser, Taxman, Rabble, Hunting Grounds, Lost Arts, and Wall. (laughs) Alright, so it's interesting you say that. I don't actually think Wall changes things all that much here. But it makes you sad. It's like, look, there's Wall. I don't want to, I want to trash my cards, but you can't. Reduce your deck here. size. You it's can't. Just, that's not a thing on this board. You can't do it. So screw you. <laughs> Wall is gonna. Uh, yeah, it it's funny. Bad. It's funny. Um, I think that miser is actually good here. Uh, partially I do as well. Partially because like the big drawback of of miser is that you on the turns where you're playing miser, you can't buy a good card for your deck, but. You know, you don't want too many cards in your deck because there's wall. <laughs> yeah, so, you're uh, gonna actually have to struggle. Like, do I want a courtyard or a Hamlet, or do I just maybe take nothing? Yeah, and, and that's great for Miser. Yeah, <laughs> we're that's coming true. out on top here. And and the other the other great thing about Miser is that even though it doesn't uh, remove the coppers from your deck for the purposes of scoring with wall, because they'll go back in before you score, but 
Uh, it actually does reduce the number of stop cards or the, the yeah. number of non-actions in your deck. And, and Taxman doesn't do that. This is the it's the only way to do that here. So like there, I think that you. What are you doing on this board? I'm, I got open miser, man. I'm well, doing it. I am. Act, I have a little bit of a different read. I think that you're. I'm actually going to open with a potion, and I am. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, probably. Yeah. I'm thinking either. Potion Courtyard or Potion Oasis. And I think it's probably Potion Courtyard for me. Yeah, you want to build a different deck here than me. That's the big issue. If I, I was do. going for Scrying Pool, I'd be on board. I would I get want, the Potion in the Courtyard. I want Scrying Pools and I want Golems. Um, golems with an S. Uh, maybe not with an S. Uh, do I want Golem? I don't know. I, I'll think about the Golem as I'm building. I think I probably am getting at least one, because, like, drawing my whole deck consistently, that seems like a bit of a reach, but... Uh, and then, at a certain point... Then why I'm, are you going for Scrying Pool? Well, I don't have to draw my whole deck to draw a decent amount and get value out of my turns. You're gonna get there eventually with Scrying Pool. I mean, it's... Well, that's the thing. Am I... Super OP. Maybe. Uh, so... Yeah, I you're mean... You're still gonna get Miser, right? Yeah, I'm gonna get Misers. Well, you're gonna draw that deck, man. I believe in you, Jay. That's true. I believe in you! And I'm gonna be getting Hamlets for extra gains, and basically just powering up my Misers to give me a bunch of money, Hamlets for plus buy, scrying pools to draw, uh, possibly some Golems. Mostly, uh, the Golem, I think, is gonna be negating the Rabble attack, if you... Because you, you talked about putting Lost Arts on Rabble, and then spamming those, and... And making me top deck a bunch of green Yeah, cards. that's the deck I want to build. I yeah. want to put Lost Stars on Rabble. I want to play 55 yeah. Rabbles. I'm going to open Miser for that. It's going to help yeah. me. Uh, well, it's going to thin coppers, which, you know, you got to do. But it's also going to help me, you know, hit those, uh, hit the price points. It's going to help me hit six for Lost Starts. It's going to yeah. help me. Um, well, that's really the only time I'm going to blow it up. I'm going to try and thin. And I'm going to get a silver with my Miser to open. So you're um, opening Silver Miser? Yeah. Okay. Are you getting a Taxman? I don't think so. I don't so, think I'm going to find time for the tax. I think... So here's the thing. I think for the deck you're describing, I think that I would rather go uh, Taxman Silver than Miser Silver. I think I like that better for the money-ish deck that you're describing. I really do. Taxman? No. I think it does. it's doing more for you than the Miser is. I think it's doing a lot less for me. I want the stop cards out. So the whole reason I like this deck is because of Ravel's attack. But, like, you can just draw through the stop cards when you put your Lost Arts on Rebel. Like, it's not really that big a deal. The idea is, uh, okay, if you're going to... I mean, your deck attacks, too. My deck I wanna attack. over. I want to build... I don't want to overbuild. I don't want to build too much because of wall. I want to build just the right amount. But, <laughs> but Rebel, like, repeated Rebel <laughs> attacks, that's going to... Let's try to figure out what that is, but yeah. Yes, uh, so on this board, I think it's very important, dear listener, that you build the right amount. Yes. And thank you for listening to this podcast for the hard-hitting advice (laughs) that only we can give you. Yeah, try to do the things that are good. Oh, that's another good piece of advice. Man, you're really smart, Jake. Thank you. Balls. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) But but anyway, I I respect the rabble attack uh, quite a bit. And, uh, I mean, you say you're going to... You say you're going to start your hand with a golem... Good well, luck, man. I mean, I mean, if I play ten rabbles on you every... Well, I'm not going to play... If I play a bunch of rabbles on you every turn, I'm going to skip your golem. You are never playing that thing, sister. Uh, that's possible. That's an exaggeration. But, like, I could... I mean, the golem is one way to just 
clear through the power through the green cards, but the uh, this uh, a scrying pool or two clears out most of what the rabble did. Not two scrying pools. Two scrying pools. It does clears the job. The whole thing out. Uh, a scrying Gonzo. pool. Yeah, does, clears two of the green cards out, and then I can draw with some of my other cards. I still think I like my deck of drawing a bunch with uh, the scrying pools and uh, playing misers and getting plus by with Hamlets. To be I, fair, well, I've lost a lot of games by not respecting scrying pool enough. This could be one of them, and I'm not prepared to die on this cross. I, my read is I want to play a bunch of rabbles because I respect that attack. Here's my question for you. Um, are you getting Hamlet and going for multi-game turns, or are you just going to play sort of a money-ish rabble lost arts thing? So you can go, go both ways. Province. Yeah. You can go both ways. Um, oh, baby. But I don't know. It's it's I, hard for me to say, like, if, if I end up with two bucks and I get a Hamlet and I end up with wanting a second miser, then I could see it. But, like, I actually, I think that I'm not positive it'll end up that way all the time. I'm pretty confident it will. Because if you're going to go through the trouble of thinning your coppers with miser... Uh, you're you're going to be playing a slowish game, and you are also going to eventually have this card that gives you a decent amount of money and rabbles draw it. So I think that you, multi-province you terms right. are you know you could in be your right. future. Yeah, I mean the only but I don't have to decide right now, man. You don't. You you don't have to decide even until the middle of whatever game you're playing. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, this is an interesting board. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, would you go for a potion here? Would you skip the potion? What do you think about Taxman versus Miser on this board? Um, I really don't think Taxman's better in any deck. I I really do like the so when I'm when I'm looking at the Rebel Lost Arts thing, I'm looking at trying to end the game faster with a single province money ish. That's not why I want. Rabble Lost Arts. That's why I want it. That's why what I'm, that's not what why I'm envisioning. I, that's not why I'm building the deck. I'm building it around Rabble's Attack. I am thinking... I, I would be getting Rabble's Attack too, and it matters a lot to do it. But I am... If, if I'm not doing the Potion Scrying Pool thing, I am getting a Taxman and a Silver. and Or a Taxman in a Courtyard. I haven't really decided on that. And... Um, I am going to basically uh, play, get some rabbles uh, and then put lost arts on them and then just play money-ish from there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think the goal is to like end the game fast. That's not why I want it. I think I'm going to look at what the opponent's doing to, to that end, but um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Leave a comment in the comment section below the video if you're a video listener. It's it, it's always funny to me. Like you watch really old YouTube videos when the comment section was to the right of the YouTube video, and they're pointing over there, <laughs> and then or, like or over there. I don't know if this and is they're mirrored like on the pointing webcam. at other videos. Yeah, that we're gonna watch now. <laughs> the um, comments are below them, and it's really funny. And like, yeah, I just did that to this. Whatever, I don't care. Uh, leave a comment in the comment section. Uh, yeah. You can check out the Discord channel. Uh, you can hop on there, tell us what you think. Uh, remember oh. the Q&A episode yeah. coming up. You can always give us episode ideas, but uh, in particular, uh, just questions uh, that we can answer as part of an episode and make an episode out of it. Uh, it they can be open-ended, and they can even take a while to answer. Um, 
really we just want to hear from you and uh, have a Q&A episode because I, I think it would be pretty sweet. We're going to try it. So let us know about that. Uh, this kingdom, even the the last kingdom, really whatever. I mean, we just want to talk to you guys. Uh, if you're yeah. liking the podcast, you know. You, and, and for all that, you can go to adamhorton.com. There's uh, links to get to all these places and our contact information if you want to contact us in any other way. Yeah. My cell phone number's on there, man. Yeah, man. My There's... social security number's on there. Was I not supposed to put that? I, I, I didn't. I think you told me to put it on there, but I decided not to. So you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a bro. There's there's actually a guy who, like, does text me about the podcast. Oh, neat. Yeah. Like, it, on my phone. It's not me? It's not you. Oh. You Facebook message me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, congratulations in advance. He'll know. So yeah, thanks for listening <laughs> uh, to Making Luck, a Dominion podcast about a card game. That we play. Yeah. Who won the raffle last week? There's a not so shiny penny at stake. Uh, I think that was Wandering Winter, actually. Oh, he did? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Is that because you're too lazy to get him to send it to someone? What, how does that make me lazy? He's the one not sending it to someone. <laughs> how is this my fault? You're going to have to pester him. Man, that sounds exhausting. Yeah, I know. I don't <laughs> want to do it either. Yeah. That sucks. Uh, speaking of, the raffle this time is um, Adam. Nice. So, uh, yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. It doesn't sound like you're running out of ideas at all. No. Yeah. I regret reviving this <laughs> raffle. Oh, I don't think you're the one that revived it. Yeah.